Welcome to the Therapy Deconstructed Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Wims, therapist, coach, and a UK chartered counseling psychologist. So my mission here is to talk about therapy in a way that's easy to understand and to dispel any misunderstandings and rumors about what therapy is, who it's for, and who it's not for. This podcast is my way of deconstructing the conventional wisdom and the media narratives about therapy and explaining what's what. I will offer you the tools and support needed to live the life you've always dreamed of living. So together, we can use our resources and understanding to help you to take advantage of this beautiful thing and live a life with the most possibilities. So let's pull back this curtain and remove the mystery, the secrecy, and the stigma attached to the whole thing. Hi, welcome to my podcast, Therapy Deconstructed. Like 50 years ago, when I was 11, I just outed myself that I'm 61, just had a birthday. But 50 years ago, I was 11, and for a Christmas gift, we received a cassette recorder. And those of you who are younger than me may not know what that is, but it was a small little apparatus that had a cassette in it, and we had the ability to record our voices with a microphone. And at the age of 11, this was a new concept for most of us. We hadn't uh, really had the opportunity to hear our voice before. So it was quite, <laughs> it was a good gift. It provided hours and hours and hours of entertainment for myself and my seven siblings, I think, because we had the opportunity to record our voice, play it back, record over it again. It was just endless entertainment. By the time it got to me, from what I remember, I just did a lot of sort of screaming into the microphone and yelling and being silly, as an 11-year-old is prone to do. And just laughing at the reaction from other people and the way my voice then sounded when it was played back to me. And we're having lots of fun with this until my father came in and wanted to hear what it was that we were recording. Now, if you've listened to any other podcasts, you'll know that I've talked a bit about my childhood and the fact that my father was an angry, abusive man a lot of the times, very traumatic experiences for himself but it resulted in a difficult childhood, to say the least. And so whenever he would appear or engage, there was an automatic sort of tension and shutdown by all of us because you didn't know what his mood was going to result in. So he's wanting to hear this recording, which, of course, we gave it to him. And he played a portion of it. And that portion was my voice coming on uh, in a screamy loud, nonsensical kind of way. And he immediately shut it off and sort of angrily, as I remember it, wanted to know whose voice that was. And not only whose voice was that, but whose sort of obnoxious, loud voice was that. And I remember pure terror at the possibility that he was going to know not only was it my voice, but that it was my voice that was irritating him. Not a good combination. The way memory works is funny. I have no idea, but I don't remember his reaction in the end or if I even fessed up to be in my voice. All that has stayed with me over the 50 years is that feeling of sheer terror. And it was associated with the sound of my voice and being noticed. So fast forward 50 years, 
and I have this podcast. And I was speaking with a dear, dear friend the other day and sort of complaining about the fact that in spite of enjoying this very much and feeling committed to this process, every month I find myself reluctant to sit down and record. And I have to sort of, you know, manipulate myself in order to make myself finally sit down. And I'm actively procrastinating every single month and often leaving it until the last minute, if not actually being late to produce it. And that is not like me, really. I pay attention to deadlines and I'm quite serious about them. So it's been a bit of a confusion for me over the last five or six months as to why this is such a difficult thing for me to sit down and do, because at the same time, I love it. And this dear friend of mine, uh, very <laughs> with so much insight, asked me sort of about what part of the podcast or the recording did I find the most anxiety-provoking and did that sort of bring up any memories or any thoughts about where that would have come from? She said some other really incredible, incredibly insightful things too. <laughs> and you know who you are. Thank you. But that thought about a microphone... Something in that hit me, and very quickly a memory came up, and this was that memory of the microphone, the cassette recorder, and the being noticed in a very dangerous, risky, unsafe sort of way. So what I want to talk to you today about is the relationship between our early experiences and then our adult decision patterns as a result of that. Because often we will rationalize our behavior as something that's just the way it is, when in fact it's not the way it is. It isn't the way we are at all. It's, it's our own reaction to difficult emotions that arise when triggered by certain things. And unless you're aware of what's happening kind of in your unconscious or out of your awareness, however you want to think about it, we will just sort of rationalize um, some unwanted behaviors. And not only will we rationalize them, but we will find both healthy and unhealthy ways of coping to soothe difficult feelings, you know? We'll binge on television shows or streaming. We will drink too much. We will eat too much. We will do drugs to the excess. We will do a lot of shopping we will have a lot of sex. We will do things to distract us and to try to help soothe any uncomfortable feelings. But the problem with this is we're not really in touch with what those feelings are and why they keep showing up. We're just basically putting a Band-Aid on them. So with my feelings about a microphone, you know, this was coming from someplace other than my conscious mind my 61-year-old conscious mind, because that 61-year-old conscious mind knows that I am a trained, qualified counseling psychologist who is very serious about her work. I know my material. I do research meticulously. I am driven by a mission to educate about what therapy is really like, because I feel it's important for therapists to join this struggle to help destigmatize therapy. And I feel like we play a role as therapists in the silence and the secrecy of it all. So all of those things drive me and challenge me to want to do this podcast. So why the procrastination? Why the avoidance? 
So I'll tell you when, when that memory of that microphone incident with my childhood came into play, you know, I started to think about that time. And, you know, when you're an abusive childhood, most kids will probably tell you that, you know, being quiet, hiding, avoiding, not being seen, not being noticed. Those are often the coping strategies because being seen, being noticed was unsafe. You were at risk. So this is kind of the opposite of that, you know, speaking up, talking to you all, coming forward in a, at this point, solo way, you know, really putting myself out there. I think it's not so much about the microphone, but it's about me owning my voice. And I think about other things throughout my life where maybe hiding, avoiding, being quiet was and is sometimes my coping strategy. It's not always bad. It's not always wrong. But there are certain times where it does get in my way. And recording this podcast is one of the times where this persistent sense of avoidance, procrastination was so strong And I finally guess that I decided to stop and think about it a bit more. So as I sit here and record this podcast, I can feel this idea about integration, I suppose is a good word for it. Integration between or with the 11-year-old and the 61-year-old. We've got the 11-year-old who is scared, doesn't feel safe, and thinks that the best way to kind of avoid anything scary is to hide and to be quiet. And the 61-year-old who has survived and thrived at times being loud, being the center of attention, being the one who comes forward. So integrating those opposing views, I suppose, but really letting the 61-year-old take that 11-year-old's hand and say, it's okay now. You are safe. You are not at risk when you stand up and you use your voice in this microphone. And that getting attention for a topic that you care deeply about is the right kind of attention for you. So I have to integrate these two views and give that 11-year-old a whole lot of compassion because she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong and she should have been encouraged and praised. So... These old sort of experiences of ours, if they were traumatic in any sort of way or just plain scary so that they leave a footprint on our minds, they can lurk, you know, sort of in our out of our awareness and show up in ways that we don't understand. So we just end up behaving a certain way without any insight as to why we're behaving that way and getting upset at the behavior, me getting upset at the procrastination without stepping back and saying, why are you feeling this way? This insight into being scared and fearful of putting my voice to this microphone, being noticed, stepping out front, this insight now into why perhaps that was motivating me to want to hide or procrastinate is going to help me integrate the two sort of, you know, selves, the 11-year-old and the 61-year-old, but also gives me a chance to provide some real compassion and empathy to that 11-year-old and help dissolve those old feelings of fear and terror. So you can start to see certain situations and certain, you know, situations that happen to you. You can see them through the prism of fear 
or you can see them through the prism of opportunity or the prism of anything. So if it's locked in there due to a memory or memories that kind of lock it into seeing things through the prism of fear, which is irrational as far as things go practically for me right now. I am not in danger. But that prism of fear colors things. It evokes emotions. And then I behave according to those emotions. Some of that was happening, running automatic pilot behind the scenes where I didn't even notice it until that click, right? That click to say microphone, voice, being heard, standing out, being noticed. All of those strategies when I was younger about how to avoid being seen or heard or noticed because that was dangerous sort of just happened to uh, spread into my adulthood because I never really addressed them. I never really looked at why. Sometimes it was just, for me, easier to be quiet. So we have to challenge some of our emotional responses sometimes. When we feel safe and when we feel in a trusting relationship, whether it's a good friend, a therapist, we have to challenge some of these emotional responses that aren't working for us anymore. My fear, that is not fear of a microphone, but fear of being heard or maybe seen or standing out, will hold me back. It will hold me back in certain situations and it will prevent me from doing maybe things that I really legitimately want to do unless I challenge it. So how do I challenge it? How do I let that 11-year-old speak? How do I let her express her fear? But then, you know, actually imagine myself putting my arm around that 11-year-old and saying, but you're safe now and your voice deserves to be heard and what you care about speaking about needs to be said and that it's okay to be noticed and it's okay to be loud. So thinking about yourself today, thinking about maybe some unwanted behaviors, and they can be simple, you know, they can be small things. And if you hear yourself saying sometimes things like, that's just the way it is, that's just the way I am, I'll challenge you. You didn't come out of the womb that way. I wasn't born scared of my voice. That happened to me as a result of what happened in my childhood. I made sense of the world because of what happened to me, and I was not born with that fear. Challenge some of your I'm just that way characteristics and see if you can think about a little bit deeper view of them, where they would have come from. Where do the certain beliefs that you have come from? It may take some work with a therapist. You know, we have a lot of um, ways that we keep ourselves from thinking about this stuff. And, you know, our defenses kick in pretty quickly. So you find it's like it's difficult to access. Well, that's, that's okay because it is difficult to access. I'm 61 and I just had this insight about my voice. You know, it takes time. So it may be a therapist. It may be a good friend. It may be just spending some own, your own time with yourself. But thinking about what are these behavioral sort of ways that you have of acting that you don't care for and that you're confused about where they come from and they're frustrated that you can't seem to stop even though you want to rationally, that something else sort of takes over and you end up persisting in behavior that you didn't want. My persistence with (laughs) avoidance and procrastination has been giving me problems, creating problems for this podcast. Not huge problems, but 
as I said, I'm behaving, been behaving in a way that I don't normally behave, procrastinating, avoiding. So can I integrate this memory into my conscious mind where I know that I can speak my mind and be safe and that I feel where I feel confident in what I want to say and, and how I want to say it? Can I integrate this fear into that and acknowledge it, but at the same time, comfort it, calm it, by not letting it drive me anymore. I say, no, no, I'm not in danger. No, it's not right that I don't speak up, that I'm entitled to speak up. Because at the end of the day, the stuff that this really damages is our sense of self-worth, who we believe we are and what we deserve. That's what really gets impacted by some of these safety issues, these fear, terror issues is children interpret it into something about themselves that is wrong. So you know, you know, you watch an 11-year-old with a, a microphone, and they're silly, they're funny, they're goofy, they're loud, they're obnoxious. They're not hurting anybody, and they're certainly not doing anything wrong. And if you squelch that 11-year-old's desire to be heard, to be silly, be careful, because that that could stick around for some time. It could stick around for 50 years. So now that I have this awareness and I understand that I have sort of seen my voice as something linked to this fear, I can disconnect those because I rationally understand that they're not true. And I can take care of my emotions by comforting myself. And I can challenge it by doing the podcast on time and hearing my voice and liking it and knowing that I'm saying something of value here and that it's important. It's not an overnight fix. It's nothing that you just snap your fingers and everything's okay now. But the way that I interpret my world has changed now thanks to that wonderful conversation with my friend. The way that I interpret myself in this scenario right here with this microphone and you all is something that although isn't quite joyful yet, is certainly much more peaceful. And I'm going to continue to try to bring insight into that feeling of avoidance and give myself the grace to move out of it and to allow myself to be proud of myself and to know that I have something to say and that it's okay to say it. So what do you have that you'd like to work on? What behaviors do you have that you don't understand and in spite of all of your rational thought to the contrary, you still behave that way? And is there some insight you think you can develop as to why this behavior persists? I know you can because I can and something we can all do. Thanks so much for listening again. Have a great month and I'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've learned a thing or two that you can apply today. To explore further or to get in touch with me, just visit my website at bonniewims.com. There you can book a complimentary 30-minute online video session to ask me any questions and determine if working together feels right for you. Or you can submit your questions about therapy and I'll do my best to offer answers on an upcoming episode. Remember, therapy might not be for everyone but it may be right for you.